We are, again, like I said, in the second week of our leap year series. And we are just wanting to get over some stuff. We're a move forward kind of church. You can move forward as a snail's pace. You can move forward as like a Olympic sprinter. But we want to move forward, okay? And uh, that's what our little racetrack video was about. That's what, our, that's what everything about Celebration Church is about. It's saying, God, you're still working on me. You're moving forward. We agree on one thing here. We agree on one thing. We're not going to be stale. Okay? We're not going to let ourselves get stagnant. Okay? We're going to be honest. We're going to be open. We're sometimes even going to be raw with each other. But we're going to have the mentality that we're going to love each other. And we're going to move forward. We're going to grow. Okay? We're going to grow as people. And to do that, let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead and get into the notes here. <clears throat> if you're on U version, you can get that going. Uh, if you have your bulletin, here we go. I wrote, in Christ, nothing should stop us in our growth to know God better and to trust him more. You come to uh, our new members class, you're going to hear that phrase every week, lots of times. Know God better and trust him more. That's what we're here to help people do. <clears throat> and it's time to get over the stuff that's holding us back. And let's look at Romans 8, because this is this glimpse of how nothing should get in the way. Romans 8, let's jump in at 37. It says, No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we could chew on that one verse for like the next four months. It is just so rich. But here, Paul goes on to say, For I am convinced, he's convinced completely, that neither death nor life, and the life part's the part we're dealing with. You know, a lot of people have said it's easier to die for Christ than live for him sometimes. You know, we can maybe muster up some courage and in one great moment put it all on the line. But to have your eyes pop open every morning and embrace what the day brings your way and to walk in love and grace and to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a different thing. Not even life, not even do it can separate us. Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's let nothing get in there and hold us back. Let's let nothing come in and put a little wedge, a little stopping block, a hurdle. Because see, being a devoted follower of Christ means letting nothing stop you from living the full life that Christ provides, not even the hurt of others. We talked last week about dealing with those places where we just, we look at the person in the mirror and we just, we're just upset. We don't like them. We, we'd, we'd, we'd rather be able to be somebody else. There's stuff we hold against ourselves and we talked last week about, about dealing with that and getting rid of that. And this week we're going to talk about the stuff where that comes up with other people. That person that when you go to the grocery store, you hope you don't see. You're just like, oh, and you peek around, look, you back up. That person that when it's family reunion time, you call Aunt Sally, who knows everything that's happening, say, are they coming? No, they're not coming. Okay, I'm in. That person. Those issues. Those things. Now, see, we're a new church. 
we're just celebrating. A, a lot of folks refer this as this is our third anniversary. January is our birth month. Yes. We actually went public in September. Uh, and so I, I, I there, there's a debate between my wife. So this is my wife's birthday for Celebration Church. September's my birthday for Celebration Church. So I say we're two and a half years old. She says we're three years old. And, um, but anyways, we started meeting and planning and getting ready to, to do this. And we knew, and we are, part of our assignment was to, to help hurting people. Okay? And you know what? And sometimes, sometimes, especially with people who have a desire to go to church, and some of y'all, bless God, we're honored that we're the first group of believers you've fellowshiped with in a decade plus. And there's a lot of you that are that way. And I'm like, ah, I can't tell you how honored I am that you chose to give this thing called church another try with us. Uh, that's, uh, we don't take that lightly. And we recognize that, you know, sometimes it's family members, sometimes it's people, you know, and sometimes whenever you say that forgiveness thing, in a group like us, in a new church, where we all don't have necessarily a shared background other than just maybe a couple years, maybe it's church people. Maybe it was a church leader. Maybe you're here with us today because of some stuff gone awry. Another group of people that had this little sign over their door called church. Maybe it was a deacon. Maybe it was just somebody that shared a pew or a seat with you. What we want to do right now is we want to just take a deep breath and say, God, I want to give this to you. God, and I want you to coach me through this because he knows this isn't an easy thing. But we want to get through this. We want to get over this. This can't be our hurdle, folks. Let's let this go. We're going to do this, okay? Because see, Colossians 3, we're, we're told this. Bear with each other. Bear with each other. My assistant had, had seen this and had the same word is used in another scripture and it means put up with each other. And then it's, you know, that sometimes we just got to do that. We haven't quite crossed the love place and we just have to do the, I'm going to put up with you. I'm going to just bear down and stick with you. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, here's that thing, that thread, that thing. Freely we've received, freely give. Here it is. I have, because uh, see, there, there's that, that thing in us that we, we so want to respond. That Old Testament eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That thing is just so natural in us. And man, and, and you know, as a, when we were, actually when we were in this, this little window, between January and launch, when we were getting, when we were having launch meetings with the with the the team that was going to help launch Celebration Church, we were meeting at my house a lot, and I was on a Wednesday night. And earlier that day, um, some of y'all have heard this story multiple times. Just I, I don't have a better story than this. This is the best story to illustrate this. And uh, and so we were we had some Nerf swords, and so and I got boys in the house, and we you know if we're going to hit, they're going to hit each other. So let's just make it padded, you know. It's not like they're not going to hit. So let's just make it hurt less. And so we've got the Nerf swords, and we're sitting there, and they fight and do this thing. Well, I was playing with Carson. I had this Nerf sword, and I go, and I just I give him a good whack across the leg. And I whacked him too hard, and it, it hurt. It stung him and brought tears to his eyes. 
And man, it you know broke my heart that I, I hit him too hard, and we were it was just all in play. And uh, I just immediately, you know, just wanted just wanted to to make him feel better about it. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, I just I took the sword and I put it in his hand, and I said, "All right, just go ahead, you know, just give me a good one, just just rear back and and, and hit me hard." And uh, you know, and uh, so he he takes the sword, and man, my 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 perspective was just enhanced. Because here it was, I had wronged him. The sword of justice was in his hand. He had freedom to pop daddy as hard as he wanted to. Carson's a fighter. He's not one that just, you, he'll, he'll, he'll go to town. It wasn't because he was a coward. It wasn't because he was just a big softy. But it was because he loved me. And I told him, as I got ready, I tensed up and I said these exact words. I said, all right, Carson, bring it. And he puts the sword down and he says, this is what I'm bringing. And he comes up and he hugged me. Ah, it still gets me. And when I was ready for judgment, when I was ready for what I was owed, love did something else and reached out their arms and embraced and hugged and brought something else. You know what? I guarantee you, had he, if he'd have chosen to go the hit route, that little guy, he couldn't have hit me hard enough to have really brought justice in his mind. The disparity was just too big. Six foot two, 200 pound man hitting him. And then it's like, there just wasn't, there wasn't gonna be enough. What fixed it forever was forgiveness. There are some wounds that there were not enough justice to pour out to make it okay. There have been people who sat there and watched and stood on the other side of the execution window and watched the execution of the one that offended their family take place, hoping that the pain and the anguish and the hate would go away when the life expired. And all they wanted to do was hope that they could revive them and kill them again. And then revive them and kill them again and kill them again and kill them again because it doesn't bring it. It doesn't satisfy it. It doesn't bring the relief. The only thing that brings the relief is forgiveness. That's it. That's it. That situation in that kitchen with the swords was done forever. When he put it down and he brought that, it changes everything. See, Matthew 6 tells us, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We forgive as, and Lord, forgive us as we forgive. Whoa, whoa, that's so difficult to see that thing. Time, we just want to forgive, 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 forgive. And you know what? He's forgiven. He's forgiven. But there is this thing, there is this thread, there is this place that when we understand grace, it flows back through us. Now, before we get into this forgiveness thing, sometimes people have this roadblock to walking in forgiveness because they think it's something that, they, that they've got to give something they don't have to give. And they're stopping forgiveness because they think you have to lump this other thing in with it. It's like this pork barrel thing. You can't get this important thing through because you've got to get all this other junk in too. I don't want any of that. I want that. Okay, we're going to boil down to forgiveness and what we're going to say is what forgiveness isn't. Okay? Forgiveness is not saying, because that's what they always say. Well, if I forgive them, it's like I'm saying, 
Ugh. And then they throw some other on there. This is what you're not saying. Forgiveness is not saying that you condone the thing that hurt you. Carson didn't say that, it, oh yeah, dad, it's cool, you can hit me. There's no biggie. He didn't say that. It didn't all of a sudden say that the event was, was fine, that it was cool. That it was, that it was all right. We, we get that kind of elementary idea, you know, in, in school. You know, well, I say I'm sorry and you say, well, it was okay. And then our, our guilt for doing it is gone because it didn't really matter anyways. No, the thing still matters. It matters so much, something as grand and as godly as forgiveness had to come in to fix it. You've brought in the ultimate solution. Forgiveness doesn't minimize it. Forgiveness puts it on an epic eternal level. Judgment can't fix it. No human thing can fix it. This thing is so huge that only something God can really do has to be brought in. Forgiveness doesn't minimize it. It makes it huge. We've got to step into God's tool chest to handle this. That's what forgiveness says. Forgiveness isn't saying that trust is automatically restored. Carson didn't say, okay, well, now here, you know, here's the, here's the sword. You know, go ahead and whack me again, daddy. I'm going to put myself in harm's way again. No, it wasn't saying, well, okay, well, all of a sudden, then, then it's, if I've forgiven them, then that means that, you know, then, I, then this trust thing is restored. No, that's not what that is saying. Trust and forgive, trusting someone and forgiving someone are, are they're, they're two different, two different things. They are two different things. You don't have to put yourself and begin to trust there again. Just because you've forgiven them and you have allowed God to step in and intervene in that situation. And trust is not saying that everything is back to normal. See, somebody who's looking for forgiveness, but isn't really wanting to put the value uh, in the, of the, and really looking at the hurt. And we do this on a human level. They're not really understanding how hurtful the action was. They say, just forgive me, and it'll all be okay, and we'll, we'll just be back to normal. You, you're not, they're not getting it. They're not getting it. Saying that for forgiveness and stepping on in heart forgiveness doesn't mean that everything's back to normal. What it says is, is we're now going to begin to build forward from here. We're not going to let that be a, a hindering block to our relationship but our relationship there were some issues there and now things have got to be built forgiveness allows that reconstruction to happen it isn't this magic wand you wave over it and it just like it never happened no no forgiveness lets construction begin it's not that all of a sudden everything is back to normal immediately so you're like, well, how do we walk in this? How do we do this? We do this from an aspect and an understanding and an embrace of grace. Grace teaches us to forgive. Grace. Grace teaches us to forgive. The law taught us to, to bring punishment and retribution. And yes, our legal system is here to help give order 
Our legal sins are gone. So I'm not, I'm by no means abdicating that all of a sudden that if we walk in this place of forgiveness that nobody does their jail time and da 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 da. No, 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 no. No. This is about heart-to-heart connections. This is about allowing God to bring restoration. There are crime and there's punishment and there's, there are things that, that, uh, <clears throat> that have to be done to work things out. We allow those processes to take place. They're life-giving and they're, and they're good in the right, in the right way. But grace, grace is what teaches us to forgive. Let's look at Titus 2. We looked at this last week and it just so pertinent. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It, the grace of God, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Eager to do what is good. Forgiveness, folks, it is the ultimate good. That's why God paid the biggest price in all of eternity to make sure forgiveness was available. It is the greatest good. Because see, in grace it does. It teaches. It does. It does. There was, uh, back in the 1800s, there was an English general, the Duke of Wellington, the original Duke of Wellington, and uh, he had had in his regiment, he was, uh, he was considered, he was called the Iron Duke. He was a tough, strong military man. And uh, uh, he had this soldier under his command that had repeatedly deserted. Now, in today's kinder and gentler U.S. military, desertion is a big deal. Okay? It is a big, big deal. All right? You back up 150 years... And you do you desert one time, boom, a bullet, it's done. It is execution. You're dead. We can't have that. Now this soldier was it was uh, somehow in this mix. He was this incredible soldier in the battle, but he had this issue with people who threw their authority around, and there would be some of these under guys under the duke. That would throw their authority around. He would get have a hard time having to obey some commander he didn't respect. And he'd just get a belly full and he would just leave. Okay? Desertion. He wasn't a coward. It wasn't that he didn't want to fight. It wasn't any of that kind of stuff. He just was hot-headed and he would get out of there. And it, the duke wanted to keep him as a soldier. And he had tried and tried to get this guy to quit deserting. He'd given leniency multiple times when he should have been he should have been executed the first time. And the Duke of Wellington is there having to sentence execution and finally pleads to this soldier's fellow, <coughs> fellow men and said, is there anything we can do to get this guy to quit it? To quit running off? And one of the soldiers said, have you tried forgiving him? The Duke decided to take a shot at it and forgave the guy and said, we just, we're going to act like you've never done it. We're going to officially, completely forgive you. Whatever was the trigger 
And that soldier's heart broke. And he was an ideal soldier from that day forward and never deserted again. Grace did something that not even the threat of death could bring about. See, Matthew 18 tells us. See, Peter is here and he's dealing with this. This is hot head Peter. This is Peter in the garden, pulls the sword, lops off the ear Peter. Okay? And he's dealing with this. So we know he's got some, you know, people can get under his skin. You're going to cut an ear off, people are going to irritate you probably. Okay? So Peter, this is, makes sense. Peter's going to ask this question. It says, Lord... How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, the rabbinical teaching of the day, you don't find it in the Bible, then the rabbinical teaching of that day was that you forgive three times. Somebody does something, they do that. You forgive them, they do the same thing to you. You forgive them, you do the same, they do the same thing. You forgive them this third time, then, whoop, you're done. Forgiveness is over. Throw the book out. So Peter's like going above and beyond. He's like, whoa, man, Jesus is this love guy. He's bound to push the limits here. Seven, Jesus. I can go seven and then I pull my sword. When do I get to use the sword? That's what I want to know. When do I get to do this? And Jesus brings it home and says, uh, Come on, iPad. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. And he goes into this story. Who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he began the settlement. A man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now, folks, this was an outrageous sum of money. This was like us saying a gazillion dollars. Okay? This was an outrageous sum of money. King Herod's annual, the king that, that, that puts Jesus to death, his... That he's reigning at that point, his annual income was only like 900 talents. This guy in this story owes 10,000 talents. This is like multiple king's debt here. The entire, the entire taxation on Galilee and another little community over there was, was just two. was just two talents. I mean, 10,000 talents. This was just this... In, incredible sum of money jesus just used just making it unpayable and since he was not able to <clears throat> since he was not able to pay the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt if that's going to happen that's an awesome wife and some awesome kids <laughs> yeah that kind of money the servant fell on his knees before him and said be patient with me he begged, and I will pay back everything. So here is this servant's desire. Look, I'm going to attack this. I'm going to try on this unheard of amount. And the master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. He gets forgiveness. He gets it. But the story doesn't end there. It says, but, the, <clears throat> but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now this guy, he doesn't, his debts are gone. So it's not even like, ooh, I got to pay the bills. Let me shake somebody down. He, he's footloose and fancy free. He just had the biggest gift anybody could ever receive given to him. He's footloose and fancy free. He runs into this guy, this fellow servant that owes him a hundred denarii. 
I love it that Jesus doesn't use like two mites. Like some little pit and some little nothing. Okay, 100 denarii was still a good chunk of money. One denarius was a day's wages. This guy owed him 100 days wages. That's a good chunk of money. But it's a payable amount of money. It's a thinkable amount of money. If we just use minimum wage here and an eight-hour day, we call it minimum wage $8 an hour, $64 in a day, 100 days, $6,400. Okay? That's a good chunk of money. Most of us, if that was owed to us, we would want it. Right? But it's a payable amount of money. And so Jesus isn't saying this is a trifling thing. That the, the, the debts other people may owe to it. He's not saying they're nothing. And then, but the guy, he does not get it. He doesn't get it. And his fellow servant <clears throat> fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. And the master called the servant, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had had on you? He didn't understand the grace. Folks, when God is asking us to forgive, he's not making the, what others have done to us little or trifle or they're nothing. He's not doing that. But what he's saying is look in light of the grace you've received from me and respond to others in the same way. Whenever we have issues that we don't want to release with somebody else, we are forgetting the grace that we have received. We're not framing it. And what we receive, that's why the basis for us growing in Christ, that is why the basis for us living this Christian life is understanding that we need a Savior. That's why we come to God. That's why it's the starting point of embracing Christ as our Savior. And we say, yikes, I owe a death sentence. And Jesus did death for me. And I embrace that. Thank you, God, for stepping in and saving me. And grace becomes our paradigm. And then we can begin to operate out of that. That's why that's the starting point. Because everything hinges on grace. And that's why we have to embrace and deal with each other out of, out of grace. As we wrap up, let's look at what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is choosing to pay forward the love that we have received. That's what forgiveness is. We didn't earn God's forgiveness Justice wasn't going to fix the issue. We, he poured it out on us. He poured forgiveness out on us. And that's all we're doing is paying it forward. That's all we're doing. See, Romans 13 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Forgiveness is also choosing to let God move the relationship forward. We can't force somebody to, be, to, to, to reconcile with us. We can't. We can't force that. But when we forgive, we, let, we then put it in God's hands and that other person's hands. And we're like, okay, now let, it can work. And when we stand in a place of unforgiveness, now we're part of the roadblock. But when we forgive, 
Like, God, if, if restoration comes, I'm cool with it. If they're willing to walk this path and be and us be connected again, I'm good with it. God, I'm going to let you work this out. And there may be some issues to cross. There may be some considerable work God's got to do in their life and, and whatnot. But forgiveness allows God to move it forward. Romans 12 says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then forgiveness is choosing to live free from this day forward. That nobody, no thing can saddle us with the weight of the grip of unforgiveness. One of my favorite stories is of an, an, an Egyptian mission had led a young Muslim to Christ. And it is, of course, they're highly, highly persecuted, especially a few decades ago. And there was some of the Islamic uh, peers of this young man found out that this guy converted to Christianity and they, they, they gather around him and they are beating him. And as they're beating him, they ask him, so what have you gotten from your God? What have you gotten? He's getting beat. He's getting persecuted. And he tells them what he got from his God is I can forgive you. As they're beating him, I can forgive you. How free. You talk about being inv truly invincible, that nobody's going to hold you down. It's not that we don't get wounded. It's not that you cut us, we don't bleed. It's that we won't be shackled anymore. Unforgiveness is the worst shackle ever. And when we live in the grace and live in forgiveness, nothing can shackle us. And again, we really, really, really live in the freedom that we have in Christ. Galatians 5 says, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with a yoke of slavery. Folks, offense and unforgiveness, it is a yoke of slavery. It holds us back. It keeps us from moving forward with God and forward with each other. Folks, when we pass on the grace and forgiveness that we really do have in Christ, then we can really get over one of life's biggest hurdles and really... Let God make this our leap year. This can happen. God's grace is big enough. It is. It is. It is. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in others. It is. So right now, right now, I want everybody to just quiet down. Quiet themselves. Let's, let's close our eyes and create this, this precious moment here.